0: So I wanted to talk today, considering it's generational weekend, about living a legacy. And what do I mean by that? I mean living your life with purpose, living your life with vision, living your life um, connected to what God wants you to do. That means I don't just sit around waiting, oh, what am I going to do? No, I don't live for life. I want to live my life larger than life. I want to fulfill everything that God has in me, and I want to set an example so that those behind me will have something to follow when I'm no longer here. And we see this, if you will turn to me, if you have your Bibles, or you have your app now, the phone. Second uh, Samuel 7:13. We see this in David. It says, "After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, "Here am I." living a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. Here is David. He's up in years. He's accomplished much. He's lived out a segment of his dreams. He's been a warrior. He has been a conqueror and a leader. And he says, I'm not done yet. There's more in me. I want to build God a house. And Nathan says, go for it. But later on in a couple more verses, we see that the Lord comes and speaks to Nathan. And in verse 11 and 12, it says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. Notice here that God says, when your days are over, your life will go on. Your dreams will go on. Your vision will go on, your goals will go on, your plans will go on. God told Nathan, instead of David building God a house, God's gonna build David a house and it's gonna be a kingly dynasty. And it's not gonna be through him, but it's gonna be through his son, Solomon. And the house and kingdom and throne of David would be established forever. Just like David, God wants us to be a people of vision and purpose. He wants us to live our life big and think about the next generation. So I want to look at five ways we can live a legacy and live larger than our lifetime. The first is to serve the purpose of God. God's purpose goes beyond our lifetime. God's purpose is bigger than one person. When we begin to attach our vision, our goals, our wealth, our education with the purpose of God, it takes on a larger-than-life perspective. Our work now has eternal significance. So each day, I hope you roll out of bed excited to go to work. I hope you arrive on time. I hope you um, do your work with excellence and that you're an example for your employees. If you're a student, I hope you get up in the morning and I know it's hard getting up. Trust me, I've got kids. But (laughs) you go to school, you're studying, you're applying yourself, and you're learning. And you're not doing it for recognition. You're not doing it for promotion. You're not doing it to be seen. But you're doing it because God has a purpose and a mission for your life. You know, we've all been called to do something, you know. Some of us are called right now to be students. Some of us are called to be in the marketplace or in business. Others of us are called just to be uh, a mom and, and spend this time. And feeding into our children whatever our calling is just know it has eternal significance i want it to be said of me and i know you want it to be said of us that in our season in our time in our day of opportunity that we serve the purpose of god and someday we're going to pass that baton to those around us to our children and to other people in acts thirteen thirty six, it said for david After he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. We will all die at some time, but I want it to be said of me that we serve the purpose of God in my generation. When I think about this, I think about Joel Osteen's father, John. Here's a picture of Joel and his dad, John. In 1959, Joel's parents started Lakewood. It was just something small, it was in a feed store and they had 90 people. And Joel's dad would spend time with him, and he would take him out to that feed store, and he would tell Joel, Joel, look, do you see the auditorium with a thousand people? Can you see it? And Joel would look at his dad and say, no, dad, I don't see anything. I see an empty field, or I see the side of the building. And he said his dad would call it Lakewood International Center, and it had a globe, and He would say, there's nothing really international about it. There's just 90 people here. But Joel watched his dad serve and be faithful, and he helped him with his videos, and he watched how God was, uh, his dad's faithfulness, how God provided for his dad's dream. And he left a legacy. Even before, like, the last message he preached his dad, his dad would look out at the auditorium and he would just say, wow, can you believe what God has done? He lived with awe and wonder. See, Joel's dad passed on a legacy of faith to his son, a vision, a purpose, and of, you know, believing God for big things and being faithful in the small. Even when Joel just took over the church, he for a while was really trying to be like his dad. And then he would say, you know, I heard the scripture, the one I just read to you in Acts, and I heard the Lord speak to me and say, you know, Joel, I, your dad fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. Now go and be you. And as we know, Joel has taken Lakewood even further than what his dad did. I want to be like that, serving my vision and my purpose and leaving something for the next generation to even go further with. Next, be ambitious. That means you set goals for yourself. You have a strong desire to succeed. You have an inner drive that keeps you motivated towards your goals. One of the goals I had set when I was in college was I really wanted to be a TV reporter and I wanted to be an anchor. I thought it'd be really cool. And so um, I went to college and I studied and everyone told me, oh, you have to start in a smaller market or, you know, when you do that. And I wasn't very interested in that because when you start in a smaller market, that means you go to a, a very like small city, like college town, and it means you have to do everything. Like not only do you have to do the reporting and the writing, but you've got to carry all the camera equipment. you got to film your own stuff. You have to edit your own stuff. And I was just like, Lord, I'm just believing you for better. So I would do an internship, and I would learn everything I could. Like, I'd go out for the re- with the reporters, and um, I would sometimes they'd let me interview or do little things. And I would, like, edit my stories, and I'd have them look at it. And they'd say, no, you could do this better or that. But I kept learning and I kept practicing. And eventually, um, when it was time to find a job, they didn't offer me a reporting job. <laughs> they offered me a producing job part-time. That means you write stories. And I was in charge of, like, who was going to be on the air. And we had a whole hour of time to fill. And, and then that part-time position led to a full-time position. And then, but all during this time, I was preparing I never stopped learning i never stopped growing i never kept asking questions learning what i could on my own and then one day my boss came to me and at that time it was tangy patton some of you may remember her and um, she was chris kristen because my legal name is kristen but they call me chrissy but kristen since i was already looked really young sounded more older and mature and surely that sounded like an anchor right a reporter (laughs) kristen sounded more professional she's like we have a problem the weatherman at that time, he didn't. He does not want to go do tomorrow the live section on the women's mammograms. Well, can you blame him? Okay, <laughs> not something a guy really wants to go do. Be like me going to do a, a reporting segment on men's prostate exams. Not great, right? You know. And he and she goes. So you're going to go do it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. God was honoring my faithfulness. She goes. I've seen your work. I've seen how you put in the preparation. And so she let me do that. I found a picture of me when I was reporting. You can all laugh. Uh, This is me in my 20s (laughs) at News 4. And this is just one of the goals that I had set. And God used that preparation and I was able to do some more reporting for them along with producing. And today I still continue to make goals. It didn't stop with this, right? I continue. But I wonder how many of you, while you're being faithful, waiting on God's plans, who can you learn from? What classes can you take? What skills can you do to prepare yourself so that when the moment comes, you're ready to go? You know, while David was doing the boring job of keeping sheep, he took practice with his slingshot. He wrote songs. He observed the sheep and their behavior to look for life applications. Notice he prepared himself when no one was watching. Then when David saw Goliath challenging the army of Israel saying, send me a man to fight, he was upset and he said, I will fight against the giant. And he told Saul, 1 Samuel 17, verse 34, when a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. In other words, I prepared for this day and I killed the giant. Our life is a gift from God and we have to make it count. Let's have the attitude, whatever it takes. Next, don't be distracted by small stuff. There are so many distractions in our world right now. Take, for instance, our lovely phones. Aren't they great? <laughs> we have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. And before we know it, you know, we see, oh, she made a comment about this, or oh, I've got to respond, or look what they're doing, and this and that, and can you believe they said this, and da da da. And before you know it, you've been on that thing for three and four hours, right? Distraction. What about a bad email? The other day I got an email, and I'll be honest, I went to level 10. I was really mad. It really upset me. And uh, this particular email, someone's at my house, and she goes, you know, Chrissy, that's just a distraction. You got you to gotta let that go. This is just trying to rob you. Just, just let it go. And she was right. What about people talking behind your back, right? Maybe it's at school or in the workplace, you hear that people are talking. Well, let me encourage you If you Maybe they're talking about you because you're filled with purpose. Maybe you're making a difference and they're jealous of you, right? If it doesn't have something to do with your purpose, then maybe you just have to trust God that he's going to vindicate you and you don't take time to get involved in that mess. Fine, you want to talk about me? Go ahead. Have fun. Enjoy. I have work to do, right? Those are distractions. What about trying to get someone to like you, right? Or be your friend. Well, let me tell you, if you have to work hard to be your friend, they are not your friend. And you need to get new friends <laughs> who love you and want you for you, right? I remember in Saks I had this lady, she was our receptionist, and she absolutely came to me and said in my face, Chrissy, I do not like you. I thought, well, that was really nice of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about you either. No, just kidding. Um, but I had a choice at that moment. I could either keep you know, worrying about her, or I could go on with what I was called to do at Saks and my job, and that's what I chose to do. Now, I still walked in love towards her, but that didn't mean that I had to spend all my time, like, trying to make her like me. Who cared? Or what about traffic? Anyone get irritated in traffic, especially onto anyone? Glory. Someone cuts in front of you, right? And you want to, like, Do the accelerator or give a hand gesture, you know. Those are all distractions. We have so many. But I want to encourage you, next time before you react or engage, stop. Think about it. Is it worth my peace? Is it worth this battle? Is it part of my assignment that God has given me? Is it part of my vision? If it's not, let it go. It's a distraction So many people will never live larger than life because they are battling everything, everywhere, all the time. So they never stay focused and do something significant with their life. There's a saying, if you're hunting rabbits in tiger country, beware of the tigers. But if you're hunting tigers in rabbit country, you don't worry about the rabbits. In other words, stay focused on your purpose. Pick your batters carefully and don't get caught up in the small stuff. Next, we have to respect the mentors and protégés God puts in our life. How many of you like golf? Well, my husband and my son, they absolutely love to play golf. I thought it would be a great idea to go learn and play golf and I could spend time with them and this would be great, right? And I went and took lessons, everything hurt. And then I said to the guys, like, when can I, um, when will I get to play on the course? And he looks at me and he goes, um, I think it'll be about two years. I said, oh, dear God. So obviously, you can tell I was horrible. And so I decided my role was just to cheer and just ride in the golf cart. But there's a lot of golf that goes on uh, watching in our home. So some of you may remember when Jack Nicholas b- played what was to be his last round of professional golf, by his side was Tiger Woods. How fitting is it that the great legend is coming into the end of his life and he's playing with the new legend or the new superstar of golf, Tiger Woods, and they had tremendous respect for one another. You didn't see Tiger, even though he was beating him, over there all cocky and arrogant. No, he was respectful because if it hadn't been for Jack or it hadn't been for the others, Tiger wouldn't be where he is today. And Jack watched Tiger sink an incredible putt on the 18th green and grins really big, proud of this new emerging legend. And then with Jack, after he hit his shot to Tiger, He looks back to Tiger and he points to them like, you're next. You're the next generation. You know, we see the mentor respecting the protege and the protege respecting the mentor. Jack Nicholas is like David, wrapping up his life. And Tiger was like the son, Solomon, that's going to build the great temple of the Lord for his dad. David can't build it, but he can through his son, Solomon. One of the greatest enemies of living larger than life is failure to acknowledge the greatness in mentors and the failure to acknowledge the greatness in protege. I would encourage adults, um, find someone, you know, don't look down at the young people, right? There's something we can learn from them. I mean, just this morning, this sweet little girl who was on stage, she was, Miss Chrissy, I'm so scared to get on the scene, you know, because they were singing up there. I'm like, you're doing great. And then, this, and then the song comes on, and I mean, she's dancing all over the stage. But I was there cheering her on, right? And I can remember, too, young people, you got to find other adults That you can hang out with that have something you want to emulate right don't just hang out with people your age or people that are younger or you know than you you got to hang out with people that you want to emulate too right and encourage like people that you respect they have some quality or character you might do i remember when i was in high school um I wanted to go into, uh, I wanted to um, be class president because I wasn't athletic at all. And so I thought, well, as you can tell from my golf, right, I was not athletic. So I was like, oh, I can be class president. I like planning events. Well, at that time, I had never done a speech in my life. I had never talked in front of anyone. So my parents made me aware of that time of Sandra Steen, and, and they would take me to her, and I would. she would work with me, and as she invested in me hours of this is how you do it and practice with me, so I was ready for the class. And then as I've gone through my life and I was thinking about college and I was thinking about what my first job was going to be, I had what I called like kind of a career board, right, mentors that were helping me with like Mark and Beth Ann Earhart, I think Randy and Sandy Ross were on there, and they were encouraging me. And they were helping me make these big life-changing decisions. Decisions. To live larger than life, we must have vision that requires you to see yourself like a runner in a relay race. So if I've got the baton in the hand, right, we're running the four by four, right, <laughs> pretend I will not be running, but I'm running, right, and the person is cheering me on. Come on, Chrissy, you can do it, you can do it. And then when I hand them the baton, I am cheering them on. Come on, go. That's what we've got to be doing to each other. Cheering each other on, believing the best about each other, sharpening each other as iron sharpens iron, encouraging and respecting each other, no matter how old or young we are. And the last, remember, you don't have to don't have permission to stop until you finish. Quitting is not an option. Idleness is not an option. Galatians 5, 7 through 8 in the message says. You are running superbly. Who cut on you, deflecting you from your true course of obedience? This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. Maybe we've got to keep distractions off and keep our eyes fixed and focused on Jesus. You may say, well, I'm too young. Keep running. I'm too old. Keep running. I've made a lot of mistakes. Keep running. You don't know my past. Keep running. You don't have permission to quit until you are finished. You're part of something bigger than yourself. Come on, live larger than this life. When you're tempted to be offended, react, get mad, you've got to think larger than life. No one at any time has God's permission to sit on the sideline. In the 1968 Olympics, John Stephen Aquari was a marathon runner who represented Tanzania. Due to the high altitude in Mexico, it made it difficult to run, and he succumbed to cramps. And what made it worse is that he scraped his knee, he actually dislocated his knee, and he hurt his shoulder. Most seeing his injuries would have thought he would quit. After all, the race started with 75 runners, and out of the 75, 18 had already quit and withdrawn from the race. But not him. He received medical attention and returned to the track to continue the race. Take a look.
1: For some, the reward is a personal one. The knowledge that they finished what they set out to do. A little over an hour after Mama Walde crosses the finish line, John Stephen Akwari of Tanzania approaches the stadium, the last man to complete the journey. A voice calls from within to go on. And so he goes on. Afterwards it was written, Today we have seen a young African runner who symbolizes the finest in the human spirit. A performance that gives true dignity to sport. A performance that lifts sport out of the category of grown men playing at games. A performance that gives meaning to the word courage. All honor to John Stephen Akwari of Tanzania. Perhaps the words of John Stephen Aquari epitomize all that is right in the human spirit. When asked why he did not quit, he said simply, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race.
0: And I feel like what God is saying to you today, I did not put you on this earth with so much potential. I knit you in your mother's womb. I called you. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. There is greatness within you. I have created you for such a time as this. I did not put you here to sit down. I put you here to achieve all that I've called you to be, to be a difference maker, to be a world changer, to make a difference in your work, to make a difference in your home, to make a difference in your family. That is what I've called you to be. And I feel it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And that's what I want to be said of my life. Stand up with me. How many of you would say, before we talk about salvation, Chrissy, I have given up. I'm not running a race. I'm not living the legacy. I'm just kinda getting by. I'm not living with purpose, but I want to. Or I've quit. And I know God has a plan for me. And I want to recommit myself to his plan for my life. If that's you, will you raise your hand? Yeah, there are hands all over this place. Well, I wanna just pray for you real quick. Will you just lift your hands to heaven? Father, I thank you for the dreams in this room. I thank you for the purpose. I thank you for the potential. I thank you, Lord, that you created us in your likeness and your image. I thank you that before we were ever formed, you knit us in our mother's womb. I thank you we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I thank you there is greatness on the inside of us. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Our identity is attached to you. We see all that you see in us. I thank you that we cast down every lie from the enemy that would say we're not good enough, we can't do it. I cast those lies down in the name of Jesus. I thank you that whatsoever things are pure, holy, and of good report, we will think on those things. That when we're tempted to get distracted, that we will keep our eyes firmly fixed and focused on you. When we get tired, it says your strength is made most perfect and most effective in our weakness. So we thank you for strengthening us today. We thank you for giving us that inner strength to keep going and to keep fighting. I thank you that we will not despise the day of small things. I thank you that you are working behind the scenes. It says, though the vision tarry, Wait for it, it will surely come. I thank you, Lord, that your promises are yes and amen. I thank you that we will give birth to the dreams, ideas, and visions you placed within us. We will not give up. We will fulfill the purpose of God in our generation. We will be difference makers. We will be filled with your purpose. We will be salt and light and people will see us and want to come to know you. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for the gifts. We thank you for the talents you placed within us. We thank you, God, that we will make a difference in our generation. I thank you, God, for the potential that's in this place, and I thank you for your presence, and I thank you for your anointing. We you just thank God for a second? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for your vision you placed within us. We say we're going to do it. We will not quit. We keep our eyes fixed and focused on you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now, how many of you do not know Jesus? Christy, I don't know who you're talking about, but I really want that relationship with God. I really want to know him. I don't know what my purpose is, but I want to. Will you raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you. Yes, to see those hands. Thank you. Well, let's just pray this little prayer together. Lord Jesus, I invite you to my heart. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me. Thank you. Have a great hope and a future for me. Thank you I will fulfill the purpose of God, that I will live with ambition, that I will not get distracted by the small things, that I will respect those in front of me and behind me and be a cheerleader, and that no matter what, I will not quit. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SummitSA.com.